the parsha, the parsha is Vayetze. This is really um, the beginning of the parsha discusses or presents to us the experience that Yaakov Avinu had when he left Eretz Yisrael, running away from Esav. Remember, his parents told him that uh, he had to leave, and he did. So the the pasuk of these psukim are about the experience of Yaakov Avinu when he left. You remember that Be'er Shava seems to be the central location of the family of Avram Avinu. That uh, uh, somehow Be'er Shava uh, is connected to, uh, to the Plichti at that time. It's connected to the Philistines who live mostly on the Aza coast. So he went to Haran. Haran. So you know the Rashi Rashi explains Al Yishmael. If the connection is that that marriage in those days had to, you had to find a bride who you could take far away from her home. It was they didn't want to have in-laws. And they didn't want the women running away to their mothers. Because naturally the family would have an influence. If you grew up in a family of idolaters and then you uh, could go back to the family of idolaters, that would be uh, that would not be good for uh, the Avram Yitzhak Yaakov enterprise, which was partially to stamp out idolatry. And that's the way the Rambam uh, presents it in the, in the beginning of Hilchot Avodah He says that, you know, Avram and Yitzhak and Yaakov were committed to stamping out idolatry, right? Idolatry means the, the belief in more than one God at that time. And so that's by Yetzer Yaakov. He explains. Second Rashi, Lo Yatzarich Lichdov Ela Vayelech Yaakov Charano. You see, there's a duplication. By Yetzer Yaakov Miber Shava, and then Vayelech Charano. Obviously, if the pasuk would have only written that he went to Charan, so we would have all surmised that he left wherever he was. I mean, you can't go if you don't leave. Ela Magid. This is a Kabbalistic statement that Rashi quotes uh, uh, several times in his commentary that uh, a a Roshem is like if you have if you have clay like you put a a wax and you put a you have a signet ring you know they had in the old days you press the signet ring against the hot wax. And whatever this, whatever the, is modeled on the ring, then gets embedded in the hot wax, and we call that a seal. That's the way they used to seal uh, proclamations, letters. It was the way you knew that the letter had not been opened and read by somebody else was that the seal was intact. Now that seal, right, the the pressing the ring against the wax, is called oseroshem. And so when you take the ring away from the wax, it leaves a roshan, right? It leaves an impression. 
And that's what a tzaddik is. That's what Rashi says. so that that you leave an impression, right? The tzaddik when he leaves, if you're not a tzaddik and you leave the place, so you just leave. But if you are a tzaddik, you uh, uh, you leave an impression of the city that you left. That's what that's what Rashi what Rashi says. So you see, Rashi is explaining to us the structure of the pasuk. Rashi says. So here Rashi points out to us that remember Akidat Yitzchak. Just take him to the place. Take him to the place. Here also you have a similar situation that we have to discover. We have to use our our energy, our creative energy in order to discover where the makom is. So Rashi says, in thinking about it, you have to come to the conclusion that it's Har HaMoriyah. Har HaMoriyah, of course, is the place of Akedat Yitzchak. So we have, you have the Makom, Makom in the, in the Torah is very often the Makom, the special Makom, the Makom that is differentiated or distinguished from all other places, and that's our Amoria. So the Pasuk says, the Pasuk says, Vayitgaba Makom, Vayalin Sham, Kibahashemish, Vayikafdeavnea Makom, Vyasem Rashatavi, Ishkaba Makom, this is a kind of a very, uh, 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 a pasuk that reflects something very regular. Yaakov was tired, he took a stone and he sort of used it as a pillow, and he went to sleep. No mysteries, no mysteries there. The next pasuk, Vayachalom v'hinei sulam mutzad arza, He had a dream. He had a dream, and he had this unlikely dream. Sulam Mutsav Arzu, which I think means you have a you have a uh, um, a ladder. You put the ladder in the ground. Okay, that's good. But Rosho Magia Shamaima, what does that mean? It sort of means that the uh, that the top part of the Sulam does is not leaning against anything. It's just going up into heaven. The Sulam is going up into heaven, and that seems to be a kind of a strange thing to see. But it's even stranger, even stranger, And there are angels, God's angels, go up and go down. And that's what we're interested in. What angels, what were they doing? Why were they going up and why were they going down? Olivia, 
So you may remember Rashi. Rashi says, Rashi says, Olivia uh, Dim. Uh, you see, it's the fourth wide line on the page. Olivia Dim. Olim Tchila. Vachakach Yodim. In other words, according to Rashi, first you saw the angels going up, and then you saw them going down. Olim v'yodim. Malachim shelivuhu ba'aretz ein yotzim chutz la'aretz v'yalu l'rakia v'yerdu malachei chutz la'aretz l'lavoto. So now this is a Rashi that we all know. We all know there's some kind of idea here that, that is it's difficult to, come, to really kind of grab onto. As far as I know, as far as I know, malachim, the word malach in Hebrew is also a synonym to the word shaliach. And the reason that a malach is a shaliach is because we know what we know very little about a malach. I mean, probably, you know, none of us have actually seen or had any do with malachim. But our impression from learning the sources is that Malachim don't really have a mind of their own. They don't operate on, a, uh, on an independent basis. But their very, very existence of the Malach is dependent on the command, on the will that God gives them to do something. That's when they exist. Where there is no particular will or directive do this or do that, they they don't exist. The Malachim, the Malachim don't don't exist. So that this idea that there would be a set of Malachim for Eretz Yisrael and another set of Malachim for Chutz Laaretz doesn't quite make sense as in if if I compare it to other things that I know about Malachim. But there is no doubt, there is no doubt that Rashi wants us to to know that the message that the message contained in the dream which was of Malachim Olim Bo that message was that Yaakov is not going to be insulated for, he's like being told you Yaakov are not going to be insulated for the fact that you're going to Chutz Laaretz Eretz Yisrael is one thing and Chutz Laaretz is something else even though the Malachim of Eretz Yisrael are Malachim, and the Malachim of Kutzlars are also Malachim, nevertheless, nevertheless, uh, according to Rashi, they, they're differentiable. And the fact that Yaakov saw this, I mean, what difference does it make to Yaakov when he sees it or not, is just to tell him, it is to tell him that you care, your expectations of life in a Chutzlars are totally different than your expectations in Eretz Yisrael. And that's the first part of what, that's the first part of the post. It tells us what Yaakov Avinu, what Yaakov Avinu uh, uh, saw. And then he says, the Pasuk says, Pasuk Yud Gimel, V'hinei Hashem Nitzav Alav. God Nitzav. Okay, Rashi. We look at, we, we look at Rashi. Rashi says, Nitzav alav, lishomro, nitzav. The word nitzav means to be straight, to be to be to be strong, to be fixed in the place. Hashem nitzav alav. What exactly is going on? No one else, 
neither Abraham nor Yitzchak had a vision which is comparable to Hashem Nitzav Allah. Neither of them. Vayomer. And God said, Ani Hashem so again we have God speaking to uh, uh, to Yaakov Avinu and saying the following even though you're going from Eretz Yisrael to Chutzlar and even though that is going to change your spiritual self because in Eretz Yisrael you've got these Malachim and in Chutzlaret you have other Malachim and the world of Pushes will say Eretz Yisrael better Chutzlaret not so good right now that I'm still here in Yerushalayim I can get away with that to go to Tinek it's very difficult so so in uh, Eretz Yisrael you have these Malachim Chutzlaret you have those Malachim and, and, and so HaKadosh Baruch says to him the promise of the land of Israel is intact. I promise it to Abraham, I promised it to Yitzchak, and now I'm promising it to you. And with you, there is this caveat that even though, even though you're leaving the country and going to, uh, uh, to Chutzlaretz, you're going to this diaspora, nevertheless, the promise is, remains a promise. Pasuk Yudalit, Pasuk Yudalit, you know, this is a repetition of what was said to Abraham and was said to Yitzchak, and this is the promise of the promise of uh, uh, progeny. So these two promises, which started with Abraham Avinu and then passed on to Yitzchak and passed on to Yaakov, are not only the bracha, not only comes directly from God to do Yaakov remember last week's parasha there was this question of a bracha and somehow Rivka decided that, Av- that her son Yaakov would be disadvantaged if he didn't get the first crack at a bracha. But what bracha was it that Rivka was being zealous about? And what bracha was it that Avram Avinu wanted? Uh, yeah, sorry, that Yaakov Avinu wanted? Well, this was this bracha. The bracha that God, so to speak, God himself gives to Yaakov Avinu, which consists of these two parts. One is the land, the promise of the land, the other is the promise of progeny. So it's hard in retrospect to understand what Rivka was so uptight about. What was it that she thought? But that's last week's parish. You have to wait for next year. <laughs> we'll talk about that. But you understand that this, that the content of the brachot, the content of the brachot are, are problematic somehow. Because here's the bracha, here is, and who is the source of the bracha? Not passed down from father to son, but it's a repetition of, of Avram Avinu. Avram Avinu received the bracha from Hashem, and Yaakov here, Yaakov Avinu receives the bracha from Hashem. What could be better, what could be better than that? So he says, Pasuk Tetvav, Vinei Anochi Machvatiha Becholashet Elech, Vashivotiha Ladava Zod Ki Lo Ezavcha Al Asher Im Asid Asher Dibati Lach. Okay. So, so God will also watch over. There's a third proof, there's a third promise 
that God will watch over over uh, uh, Yaakov. So now, if I had to summarize what we have learned, we don't know much about this vision that Yaakov Avinu had, but we know that according to Rashi, Olim Yordim Bo, Olim Yordim Bo has to do with differentiating Eretz Yisrael from uh, from Chutzlaret, so that the Malachim of Eretz Yisrael are disappearing, the Malachim of Chutzlaret are coming down, and they will be with Yaakov Avinu. They will stay with Yaakov Avinu. Uh, that's what Rashi. That's what Rashi tells us. Besides that, we also see that Yaakov Avinu received the brachot from God that God had given to Avram Avinu originally, and therefore, uh, de facto, we're a little. We wonder about this tension that existed between Yaakov and Esav and Rivka and, and Yitzchak about the brachot themselves. So that's the first thing. The first thing that that we have to know, and uh, what is it? No, uh, well, Abraham also had the malachim came to visit him. Like Yehuda, Hashem. Like Yaakov also, the dreams were added. Well, everybody is different. I mean, you have to be more specific in the question. The fact that they did that that Yaakov had experiences that Abraham didn't have, or vice versa, is not um, you know that's not unreasonable. So here we are. Uh, if you look at the Ramban, look at the second page. We'll try to do this Ramban. We'll try to do at least part of it. Uh, the Ramban talks about Olim Yardim. The Ramban, you remember the Ramban? You remember the Ramban? Speaking of this, you know the Art Scroll has published now its first, the first book ever. Only in Hebrew. Who's going to buy it? What? Who's going to buy it? Who's, Who's going to buy it? Well, it's Mikraot. It's Mikraot Gedolot. So, so a lot of people buy it because they, you don't have to look at it. Just have to have it in the show. Yeah, you just have to have it. So Mikraot Gedolot is like 17 Mifarshim and they're all vocalized. All the, everything in this volume is vocalized. I thought that was a great thing. Anyway, Here's the Ramban. So if you had that Chumash, you would see the Ramban vocalized. There are several places where the Ramban is vocalized, but it's good. The Hebrew without vocalization is a little more difficult. That the point is to teach Yaakov Avidu. We talk about the dream, right? The Sulam. And the Malachim are going up and down. So he calls it a Nevu'ah. It's prophecy. And you know what prophecy means, right? There are two sides to prophecy. The less important part is that the prophet has a message to give to other people. The more significant part is that Nevu'ah, the word prophecy, indicates a spiritual level, a spiritual achievement. Now you can be a prophet without having a prophecy. In, in, in other words, whether you are a prophet or not does not entirely depend on whether God is, is giving you a message that you would pass on to the rest of the people. Even if there's no message, and there's nothing to pass on to the people in particular, you could still be a prophet. So this, the Ramban calls Nivu'ah. 
Nevoah meaning that Yaakov Avinu was on a certain level, a higher level than most. Kikola Naseh Ba'aretz Naseh Yedea Malachim And this was what Yaakov Avinu was learning, what he was being taught. That everything that happens in the world is done by, is done by Malachim. Vakol Begezrat El Yom Alehev so that the Ramban had this theory based on Chazal. Uh, there's a Chazal that says that says that every blade blade of grass has a malach, an angel that causes it to grow. And so God says that the grass should grow, and the angel goes and gives a little whack to his blade of grass, and it grows a little bit, so that. This theory or this presentation is that the angels are the are the ones who carry out the divine directive to keep the world going, and that that in this discussion that philosophers once had, you know, medieval philosophers before medieval philosophy, which was what what is the relationship between God and the created world after creation, and so. Uh, so uh, mo- many Jewish thinkers uh, came down on the side of uh, Hashgacha that somehow God looks after the world and watches it and therefore whatever happens in the world can be attributed to divine will and this adds that other piece that divine will means that the <coughs> angel Carries out the divine instruction, and that's what what uh, what Yaakov was learning about. Ki malachei Elokim, Asher shalach Hashem leitalech ba'ares lo yasuk tana ogdola ad shuvam lehityatsev al adon kol ha'aretz lemo lefanav italachnu ba'aretz v'hinei. Yeshevet b'shalva, O Adam. In other words, the angels also kind of maintain a constant check on the world. How are things going? What are they doing? And how are they? How are they living? So he's uh, that. That's the way he understands um, uh, divine providence. Vuhu yitzave alehem lashuv. And God will then command, after they report to God, that God will tell them what they should do, or what the world, what the world needs. And so God is so you see, you have the angels, like the middle, they're going up and down, and then God is up on the top, the top of the ladder. So that means that somehow the, the divine will is impresses itself upon the angels who then do God's, uh, God's billing, bidding, I'm sorry. Um, and furthermore, Yaakov Avinu understands 
that his lot is with God and not with God's emissaries, the the angels. The continuation of the of the psukim. Etc. Etc. So if I asked you, what did the, what was it that was happening according to the Ramban? So I'd say that the Ramban was the according to the Ramban, Yaakov Avinu was getting information about how the world really works, and the way that the world really works is that. <coughs> There's the divine on top of the ladder, and then the angels that do God's bidding, and then man at the bottom, at the bottom of the, of the ladder. So that I assume that what the Rabban needs to teach us is that here's Yaakov Avinu going to Chutzlaretz. It would be wrong to think, it would be wrong to think that God's concern for the world is less in Chutzlaretz that it is in Eretz Yisrael. It may be that there are different angels, or maybe there are different pu'ulot, but in general, it's, it's man's connection to God that determines the reality. And not so much whether you're in Eretz Yisrael or Chutzlaret. I, I mean, the Rabban, as you know, was a tremendous fan of Eretz Yisrael. He felt that that you could be more Jewish, you could do it better, you could keep the mitzvot better, but everything was better in Eretz, Eretz Yisrael, and as a result, the Rabban even went on Aliyah, amazingly. I mean, in those days, it was certainly uh, an amazing thing, but, you know, like we know, everybody knows a lot of people who talk the talk, but don't walk the walk. <laughs> you know, there are a lot of people who are coming to Eretz Yisrael, but not so many actually get there. So, uh, uh, the same thing was true, that, that was the Ramban. The Ramban said you should go to Eretz Yisrael, and he went, which, uh, which is certainly a remarkable thing. So this is what, this is what Olivia Yordim. Olivia Yordim are the angels. The angels are the emissaries of God. God is there for everybody to see. Yaakov Avinu is not stuck with the emissaries. He's not stuck with a lesser kind of a, of a, of a, of a collection of people. Okay, now let's look at another pasuk. This, this will all start to make more sense very so shortly. Saying, there, is no, there is no fundamental difference. Unlike Russia. I don't know. Russia I, I, I don't know. 100%. Than that, but there's no essential difference because the Jews from Eretz Israel are connected to God. Right. right. So whether then in details there might be some kind of a difference, nevertheless... Nevertheless, we, we could argue it, you know, we could argue that at a, a different time. Look at this, these two psukim. Ve'eshkem lavan babokev v'yenashek levanav levnotav v'yevarech etchem v'yelech v'yeshev lavan v'komo. You remember, Yaakov, he worked seven years for one wife, another wife, he had two other wives, got his, you know, two, two other wives were... Bakshish, like you know, you get it for nothing. With each wife, you get a second wife, and then he tricked, he did trick, or he did trick Lavan into giving him a lot of money that he owed him. I uh, got him to agree that if the sheep that were born would all look a certain way, then they would belong to Yaakov. They look a different way, and Yaakov made a lot of 
a lot of money. Ben Yaakov gathered his flocks and his wives and his kids and he ran. Lavan chased after him and caught him. And God protected Yaakov and explained to Lavan that this was not the time to be unruly. Lavan and Yaakov made a pact. They had an agreement. And the agreement was that the place where they were would be a kind of a boundary. Lavan would not continue to the, to the west of that boundary and Yaakov would not go back to the east of that boundary, right? They made this pile of stones, and the pile of stones was called, um, in Hebrew, by Yaakov Avidu Gal, Eid, right? Gal means a pile, a pile of stones, and Eid is a witness. And uh, Lavan repeated that in Aramaic, Yegar Sahaduta. Sahaduta means Eidut. Witnesses and and Yigar, Agar, uh, Yigar is a um, is like Reish and Lamed are interchanged sometimes between Hebrew and Aramaic. So Gal is Gar, Yigar Saduta. That's what that's what Lavan says. So now the pasuk goes on and says, "Vayeshkem Lavan baboker." Lavan got up the next day. Vayenashek mevanav uvenotav. Vayevarich etem. He kissed them, he said goodbye to them. You know, there was a little tension about the idols that Rachel seemed to have stolen. It's a little hard to understand why she stole them and didn't just throw them in the garbage someplace. But she had them when Lavan came upon, upon the camp of Yaakov and she had to hide them under her skirt, etc. We all know that story. But Sudbet, Yaakov Darko. Right? Remember that word Vayifkeu? The beginning of the story. If you look at the first page, the first page, right? You see? Doesn't tell you where it is. And here the same word is used. Vayifkeu. Vayifke, I'm sorry, Vayakov Alachu Darko, Vayifke Ubo, Malachay, Malachay Elokim. Now, who are these Malachim? Who's Malachay Elokim? We have the same problem. So, Lashon Rashi, you see the the, the Ramban, the Ramban there, who quotes Rashi. Malachay Eretz Yisrael, Latzulik Ratoto, Rashi. Rashi says, well, the Malachim of Eretz Yisrael left when he went out of Eretz Yisrael. So they came back when he came back to when he came back there it's Israel. And so he's up there, right? So he says Machanayim, right? Ayim. You know in Hebrew the ending Ayim is what they call dual. It's a dual ending. Right? Like Raglayim, usually people have two. Yadayim, Oznayim. Of course then there's Shamayim, which doesn't fit into this theory, but that's what they call it. It's called a dual a dual what? Uh, yeah, but I've lent day shamayim. No, the gamp the osh the zoo is the zoo. Okay. Okay. Shemayim? No, I don't know. No, Mayim Levad is a it's a sort of a, it's like most rules in grammar 
<laughs> it works till it stops. It's only it does, it's only it's only significant because the teacher can then ask you for the Yotzimin Akhlav, for the exceptions. That's why that's why these rules are very important. So in any event, Malachi Eretz Yisrael to the Gratam. Machanayim, Shtei Machanot Shel Chutzul Aretz Ba'u Imo Adkan V'Shel Eretz Yisrael Yetzu Mikrato V'ani Tamea Bazek So the Ramban says, I don't get this whole thing. Remember the Ramban, he had a different take on Olim V'Yordim than Rashi. But the Ramban says, Ani Tamea Bazek, I don't get it. Sharei Adayin Lo Yigia Yaakov La'aretz V'Rachok Aya Misham Vishalach Malachim El Esav Verachok. So he says, he says if, they, if this were true, then it should be happening in a place that's very close to Eretz Israel. But he's not so close as yet. And he sent his emissaries to Esav from a great distance. That's what, that's what uh, it says. Uh, Adayin, uh, I was skipping two lines. Uh, but that, that's what he says. I mean, it, it doesn't make any difference. It doesn't make a difference to read the rest of what he says. That since Yaakov Avinu was far away from Eretz Yisrael, it doesn't make any sense to impose on the Pasuk this idea that the Malachim of Chutzlaretz left and the Malachim of Eretz Yisrael came back. So he doesn't like, he doesn't like what Rashi said. So we have uh, certain doubts about these angels, about Olivia or Dim, about what it's all about, and what is, what is it that we can, uh, what can we expect? So here, in the Abarbanel, you know, the Abarbanel wrote a commentary on the whole Tanakh, but he wrote a commentary on the Chumash that is very important, and in this particular case, in the Pasuk of Olivia or Dim, the Ramban, makes an, the Abarbanel makes an interesting point. Before we look at it, his point is that there are eight different perushim that that uh, come from the classical commentaries: the Rashi, the Ramban, the the three perushim in the Rambam, the Radak. He quotes them all, and the reason that he quotes them all is because he, he wants to show us that there's a lack of clarity about what the angels Olim Yordim are about. What this whole business with the angels is about. So then he goes on, after he does that, he goes on to tell you his idea, what he thinks. Now look at what he says. See there, Barbara, now please end there, eh. Ki lefaresh hamar eh bederch acheret v'tyachasut liyakov v'lizmanu makom ahu. He says the problem is that nobody wants to talk about Yaakov. It's as though these angels represent information that is outside of Yaakov. It's not about him. But it's sort of, uh, God says, listen Yaakov, it's important that you should know this. You should know that there's Eretz Yisrael, the Chuslar, that there are angels here, there are angels there. This is important. But it doesn't need to do with Yaakov specifically. Anybody who's standing there would learn the same, would learn the same thing. So, skip to the first three lines, to the fourth line, the first word, V'omer, Shiyakov Mipachdo Min Eisav, Shiyar Gehu, Ubiyoto 
Boreach Mipadav. Yaakov was obviously afraid of Esav and running away. Ani Vidal, Yachid Umitnaker. He was alone, he was weak, he was had no friends. Ulaisha Kvar Hayamit Kharait Vima Shesikain Atsmo Bilakihat Habrachot. Maybe he was already a little unhappy about the fact that he got himself involved uh, with Esav uh, because by taking the brachot. Yaakov started thinking, imagine this dear is like uh, psychologizing Yaakov. He says, Yaakov is thinking, maybe I'm, I went in the wrong direction. Maybe my mother misled me. Maybe I should not have taken those brachot away from Esav and created this terrible situation for myself where I have this brother who hates me. And therefore God ensured that he would pass through the Haramoria. And he would go to sleep there. And therefore, Yaakov had this dream in which God showed him that the brachot that he had received from his father by, this, by duplicity, he stole them away from Esau, that they would really happen. It would really, it would really come, it would really come true. Uh, that God was pleased with Yaakov. I think I think uh, we get the idea. According to according to the Ebarbanel, uh, what happened was God appeared to to Yaakov and and repeated that the brachot would in fact take place. He would get the brachot. And that meant to, uh, to quiet Yaakov and to take away the fear that he had, that he'd been mistaken all along by acting to get the bracha. Now, the, the Abarbanel doesn't expand on that idea, but it's a very reasonable idea to have. In, in other words, Yaakov, Yaakov himself would not have acted. He would not have gone to get the brachot from his father had his mother not kind of pushed him into it and forced him to do it. And therefore, that indicates that there was some sort of a struggle in Yaakov himself. Yaakov understood that he should get the bracha, but he also was not so complacent with the idea of stealing it, of fooling his father. I mean, what sort of a bracha do you want to get from somebody who was fooled into giving it to you? I mean, that... So that, that uh, uh, at this point, 
at this point uh, in, in the history of Yaakov Avinu, when he goes to lie down and go to sleep, he's on his way, he's on his way to his wife's family in Chutzla Aretz. God makes sure, God makes sure that he falls asleep at Haraboriyah. Which again, the, the, the Abarbanel does not elaborate on, but we understand that Haraboriyah was the high point in Yaakov, uh, 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 was the high point in Yitzchak's spiritual life, and therefore associating Yaakov with that is of great, is of great significance. So that, that what happened at, at, uh, at this time, and what the purpose of the vision was, to sort of like give Yaakov to, to understand that everything that happened should have happened. He should have gotten the bracha and fooling Yitzchak was alright and his mother was right and, and everything was, was right. And that's what the angels are. Because the angels are there to take care of Yaakov. And it's not because they're chutzlaris and not chutzlaris, but because they are given the job of taking care of Yaakov because Yaakov is seen in the eyes of heaven to be justified by what, whatever he did. That's the position of the Abarbanel. Yeah. I thought we said that the, the brachot that he got from Yitzchak were the Gashmias. What Hashem has just promised, promised him and only Hashem could give him was the Ruchmias. So they're two different things. But you, you can ask a kasha on the Barbadel. That's what you're saying, right? Well, yeah, yeah. But if, if the brachot, I mean, but you can say, if the brachot that Yaakov got at the beginning, the first set of brachot, right, there were three brachot. There's bracha for Yaakov, yeah. there's a bracha for Esau, and then there's finally the bracha of Abraham that Yitzchak gives to Yaakov at the end. So if the first brachot are brachot of Gashmius, right, if the, so why did Rivka want them? I mean, what was it? Because she felt that Yaakov needed them a lot more than Esau. Okay, you know. Okay. I'm, I'm just saying. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. You could say the opposite. You could say that for a person like Avram Avinu or Yitzchak or Yaakov, there's no distinction between between the Gashmis and the Ruchmis. And then see that there's the last source. Let's look at the Shvatsemes. And then we will, it'll, it will all come together. You see the Shvatsemes? Above Rembrandt. Right above Rembrandt. I never liked this painting. A sketch, it's a sketch. You see this, Ras Emes? Page three. Okay, Kisulam Zeh. This is the Svas Emes. Svas Emes is how long after, after the Barbanel? The Barbanel was before Gerush Svarad, before the Spanish expulsion, right? It was 1492 to the best of my recollection. It's a good date to remember. Because there's before and after. There's some dates where there's before and after, right? So the uh, Shulchan is the other one. Before him is the Ah, no, the is a too complicated, but, but you're like David HaMelech. It's a thousand, <coughs> thousand BCs. Before David HaMelech, after David HaMelech. It's a good date to remember. 1492, great date to remember. Now from 1490, from 1450 of the Abarbanel, until the Svas was in the 19th century, the end of the 19th century. So how many, how many years is that? 500, right? Oh, 400. 400 years! So look what happened in 400 years. Just look at this. It says, uh, locative, the locative needs 
It says mutzav. You know, in Hebrew, mutzav is called a passive. A nitzav is an active. But that doesn't mean anything. It's a different form. I'm sure the Svasavis didn't know how to say passive and active. That wasn't his thing. He says, Ki asulam zeh. Tzarich ha'adam lahamido. Ka'ashem mitakein melo komato. A person has to set up uh, a sulam. A sulam is a kind of progression of values. Like things go along just like a sulam, just like a ladder. A ladder you go up to the next rung and the next rung. So things in life can also be compared to a sulam. Everything, everything in life. Ki sulam ze tzarich ha'adam lahamido. Kashem mitakein melokomato. Melokoma. Melokoma means a person, a person starts from the, the calves of his feet and goes to the top of his head and that's, uh, uh, it's not all the same. You know, he's not all the same so he has to uh, set up the ladder. That means climbing from rung to rung when he sees himself as potentially a, a growth product, something that could change. Vehu hu asulam, and he himself is the sulam. Shegufolimata, his physical self self is below. Venishmato magia ashamaima, but his spiritual qualities they go all the way up to heaven. So a, a person is a sulam. A sulam that is rooted in the ground and the earth and which can go up even into, into heaven. And the angels of God go up and go down on this sulam which is the person himself. Ki gufo lemata mehem. Vishoresh nishmato lemala mehem. In other words, angels are kind of the intermediate between my physical self, my gashmius, as you say, right, and my, my ruthness. What's in between? In between is the angels. Um, on the one hand, I'm kind of lower than the angels on this ladder. On the other hand, I can be higher than the angels on this, on this ladder. So what does Olim Viyardim mean? It means where are you in the ladder? If you're very low, you see them coming down. If you're very high, you see them coming up. That's what, that's what it was. V'shoresh nishmato lemala mihem. V'chein adam nikra mahalech v'chol eile ha-madregot shalasulam. And therefore, as the Zohar says, a person goes on all of these uh, uh, steps of the of the ladder, right? All the rungs of the ladder. That's who we are. We are on all the rungs simultaneously. Of course, we can emphasize one or the, or the other. All this sulam that we're talking about contains the roots of all of the souls of all of the people of uh, of Yisrael. Uh, all the people. 
ונודע כי כל מה שנמצא בכלל נמצא בפרט, everything that is can be generalized, in other words, in general you say that in the world there are people who reach the highest level, the people who are the lower level, but that's also true about each individual. Each individual can be that way. כי האדם יקרא עולם קטן. לכן יש בכל אחד ככל אלה המדרגות, every person has within him the potential or the actualization of all of these, of all these steps. וכתיב אחר כך ויירא, כי כך צריך להיות על ידי השגת, על ידי השגת המדרגות שרואה האדם עד היכן כוח נשמתו מגעת. He sees, a person is able to see about himself how significant and noble in fact he is. So, what does the Svat Amet say? What does Svat Amet say about this ladder? And what has it got to do with Yaakov Avinu? So, well, there's something that Yaakov Avinu didn't know. There was something that Yaakov, Yaakov Avinu knew about the promise of the land and he knew about the, 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 uh, the, the fact that he, the progeny would be great and he knew he knew that you had to keep the mitzvot and he knew that you had to be devoted to God. He knew all of these things because he grew up in that world. That was the world from which he came but now he was going to Chutzlaretz by himself. And it was not clear how a person on his own would be able to survive the test or the challenges that Yaakov Avinu had or were coming up to because his support group, so to speak, had disappeared. Because in the olden days, when Yaakov Avinu got up in the morning, he went to Minyan. And in Minyan he found another ten people who were like him. Right? The, 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 the leftover from the time of Avram Avinu. Even the Rambam says that Avram Avinu was the first Kirov worker. Thousands of people were affected by Avram Avinu. Right? Vayita Eishel Bever Sheva. Eishel is a tree. Bever Sheva, that, that Avram Avinu would invite them all in to eat, and then afterwards he would tell them they have to thank God for the blessing of the food that they ate. Birkat HaMazon. That was, that was the world that Yaakov Avinu grew up in. And now Yaakov Avinu was alone. He was absolutely hidden by himself with his dream. On his way to a place that was entirely foreign, where he wouldn't find anybody to go to Minyan with. He wouldn't find anybody who was doing mitzvot. And in fact, the power of idolatry was very great in the place to which he was going. So what message, according to the Svat Emet, does the Kodesh Baruch give to Yaakov Avinu? And that message is that spiritual achievement, this ability to rise in the sulam, to rise up in the, in the stepladder of, of, uh, of significant enterprise, is not something which is necessarily a communal affair. But the individual has this opportunity as well. A kind of throwback to, to Avram Avinu, even though Avram Avinu also immediately made all these ballet tshuva, but Yaakov Avinu, as far as we know, didn't make any ballet tshuva. He lived alone. In fact, when Yaakov Avinu left his, uh, left Lavan on his way to Eretz Israel, you know, as we mentioned before, Rachel stole the trafim. 
stole the trafib. We don't know why she stole the trafib, but she didn't get rid of them. And then later on in Shechem, in the story of Shechem, right, they, they, uh, they had, they, they stole the idols. They fought the battles of Shechem. They stole the idols. And they kept them. In other words, they were not able entirely to uproot, uproot the idolatry that they had learned from their parents in their lifetimes until they came to Eretz Yisrael and lived in a different world. But Yaakov Avinu, Yaakov Avinu, in order to keep him from being in a state of total depression, of, 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 of wondering if he would be able to maintain his, his standards and his way of life and what he was going to do, HaKadosh Baruch showed him a ladder. And the ladder, according to the Svat Ebed, was the human ladder. And he tried to show that even when you are, your, your feet are on the ground, you're, you're in the world, you're sort of in the world, you're in the world of idolatry, in the world of, 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 uh, of uh, lack of a serious spiritual uh, options. Even in that world, a person can excel. He can go Roshol Bashabayim. He go to Roshol Bashabayim. So that's the message, according to the Sfat Emet of the, of the, uh, of the latter. So you see that the, uh, the Barbanel said it's not about Eretz Israel, and it's not about any other kind of message that Yaakov Avinu received, but it's about Yaakov Avinu himself. But this idea that Yaakov Avinu was undergoing a transformation at having this dream, was learning about himself, that idea is fully developed by the, the, the Svat Emet of this parasha. And Vimela rejecting what Rashi said that it's the uh, it's Eretz Yisrael versus Chutzlar. It's rather it's Yaakov Avinu, the noble Yaakov Avinu, against the uh, terrestrial uh, Yaakov Avinu. He had to overcome somehow overcome that uh, that limitation, and uh, and uh, that was what would get him through his life and his uh, years in the diaspora. So, have a good Shabbos. Okay. Okay.